1954, the citizens of Green River, Wyoming voted to install an intergalactic spaceport with the hopes of welcoming extraterrestrial refugees. The Greater Green River Intergalactic Spaceport is an FAA-approved 5,000-foot-long landing strip that was built to welcome any intelligent life fleeing Jupiter, as NASA had projected a number of large comet fragments would impact the gas giant. Although, perhaps the construction of the spaceport was 20 years too late, as one Wyoming resident had a fantastic encounter among the forests of Medicine Bow National Park. This case file joined the theorists as they popped their space pills and go for an interstellar trip in... Alien Abduction, The Carl Higdon Encounter. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. And I'm Andrew. And we're back again. Look at us here. Uh, Andrew, nice quick turnaround from uh, Edmonton. Um, Had a great time. Not really. I was fucking... Yeah. Nice two summer and a half vacation hours delay, Stuck on the fucking tarmac. De-icing the fucking wings or whatever. Always de-icing the wings. Sorry, we have oh, to... Awful. Attention passengers, uh, we'll be waiting for the de-icing machine. Uh, and they, this never comes. You sit there I almost had hours. My, I almost had my Larry David moment too, because we're fucking right by the, the flight attendants or the stewardess, or I don't know what the PC word is, but we sat there for two hours waiting, you know, and then fucking they're like, all right, door closes. I'm like, fucking, let's go. And then the lady goes like, steps up, grabs the seatbelt and starts doing this fucking thing. And I'm like, we just had two and a half hours. You couldn't have fucking knocked us out of the park while we were waiting. <laughs> like, what do you mean? So we had to sit there for an extra 20 minutes. And so I asked her, I was like, you couldn't have just, you know, gave the quick you couldn't demo. Have played the, you couldn't at least played the French version while we were fucking sitting here. Yeah, spend it like up it. a little bit. I thought they were going to ask us to leave, but I was like, no, it's all good. I'll take my pretzels also- and shut the fuck up. I for the first time since the the infamous um, where I started COVID, and mm. I melted. I put I the sky train in public. Sky train station. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I bought Canucks tickets. Got them on. Got such a good deal. Sixty buck a ticket. Uh, my seats could not be worse. It's literally the worst seats in GM place. That's why they're so playing? cheap. Top of the top. Uh, Win- Winnipeg Jets. You. I literally oh. could not be higher. I think they. When I get up there, they put Fall Pro on me. You just hang standing off the edge. Serious you know question. Looking down. That's, where Serious. The, that's where the real fans are, though, at the top. Yeah. Serious question. Yeah. You going to roll a dice again, get some popcorn or what? Oh, buddy, without a doubt. I got a hotel across the street oh this time, God. buddy. Right? I'm prepared. I'm not going to have to do the whole oh, fucking yeah. hour, 20 minute sky train Listen, like, after you, when I need the I emergency you, release. I don't think you should because you're going to be shitting near the sky train and then your child's going to get delivered too because it's your kid he's going to have to evacuate too <laughs> both you got right like I'm, not, I'm not carrying oh you're saying oh, you share with your wife. popcorn yeah mm-hmm. that's what I'm yeah, saying you guys then, are both going to be uh, it's not going to be a good scene man a little preemie yeah <laughs> from the popcorn yeah man I'm on the street damn you Rogers Arena <laughs> it's the fake buttered powder that they put on that popcorn oh. Yeah, I'm excited though. I haven't been there forever, but well, we'll see what happens. I mean, it'll be 
haven't been That'd two be years, fun. three years. Anyways, what are we talking about tonight? Uh, I don't even remember. We never even made, made Did a we plan. Make a plan? Murder month is over. Good old alien abduction. Dan, is that you? This is me. Dan's <laughs> back. Fucking Dan's Dan back. Return. Or did he, um, or did he go anywhere? I mean, yeah, I didn't go anywhere ever. I need some ass the, for that. Jesus. Yeah the um, the amount of people for the last it, three weeks. Three weeks. Yep. Um, does it does it offend you at all that people could not figure out that it was just a loop of you not talking? No. <laughs> you like hey, you're like hey, listen. Normally, I'm doing eighty percent, and you couldn't figure out that they're using a, a twelve minute loop of me not talking, looped continuously. You make literally the same face expression the entire time, uh, and it fool it duped a lot of people. People got upset. Yeah. Now, hold on. Should you explain it though? Because there's a few people who listen to this and don't watch it. They might not know what the fuck you're talking about. So, right now. if you're watching the live streams or you go to our YouTube and you watch the live streams after, um, while we've been recording live and stuff, I have had a loop of Dan and a couple hotkeys of Dan's reactions that I could call. Uh, to Q when we we call him. Um, so it appears that Dan is just sitting there um, in a foul mood. I made in sure to mood. get yeah, I made sure to get a clip of uh, the best highlight of Dan in the the least impressed mood and cut that clip short and then I just loop it for as ever long as I need to <laughs> and hot key some reactions when we call to him. And people legit thought that Dan was just n- not participating in the show. And I thought for sure instantly people would be like, ah, that's, that's funny. But it wasn't. Right away people were like, this is bullshit. Dan needs to grow the fuck up and start <laughs> participating. And I was like, that was not the reaction that I was expecting. We should probably lean into this even more. So the the next two case files, I just was like, even more loops of Dan, even more reactions. And then that one, people were like, this is getting real. I'm getting real tired of Dan. And his shitty shitty attitude. attitude. (laughs) And I was like, bullshit. I was like, that's even more funny. So then last week, I really hammed it up. And I was like, if they don't know by now, if they don't know this time, like that... then it's really funny, but so Dan, uh, Dan was away on a biz- business business <laughs> yeah. trip. Yeah, when you told me you were going to do that, I one hundred percent anticipated this is exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, this is gonna it's going to be real bad, and then it's going to be people are not going to figure it out. They're going to say a lot of mean things, and then brain's going to be like, this is great. Let's keep doing this even more. It's hilarious. Uh, let's push. So the, let's push this way farther past the point of being funny.'" <laughs> and then, yeah. To make it even uh, funnier. To make yeah. it even funnier. It goes yeah. from funny yeah. to yeah. hilarious. You have to push past the limit, past the pain. Yeah, you, and then, yeah, yeah you keep you, going. That's that's my whole life is pushing past the pain. Yeah. So yeah. Just uh, like on this guy. I loved it. I was genius. <laughs> Anyways, tonight's case file is alien abduction, the Carl Higdon encounter tale. <laughs> UFO. AKA my trip with Ozo one. <laughs> hey, well, yeah, Ozo one. My adventure with Ozo One. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> bringing it back. This, it, Mur- Murder Month is over. We had a good time. Now yeah. we're bringing it back to the roots. Little alien yeah. abduction. It, and this is a this is a really interesting case file because there's a lot of there's a lot of tangible evidence and like you know naysayers to this are are basically just being like this this 
ridiculous. There's that's a lot of tangible argument. evidence. What? Tangible evidence. You don't like you don't like the evidence? Is there any? Yes. There's okay. this po- there's this podcast talking <laughs> okay. about it. Yeah. Son of a bitch. I read the wrong I was studying the wrong thing, I think. Hey. <laughs> We're gonna get to one piece of evidence that is there's no way it couldn't be anything other than alien abduction. Has to be. <laughs> We're gonna get there. Uh, yeah, so th- uh, the events of this specific event took place on October 25th, 1974, and they involved one, at the time, 41-year-old Carl Higdon. Carl! Uh, <laughs> That's all his friends yeah. call so, yeah, him. Carl! Carl! Hey, Carl! So Carl Higdon Carl! was a, uh, a foreman with the A.M. Wells Service Company in Riverton. Uh, and this is... Um, <laughs> like. He's a rigger. For in yeah. layman's terms, like for nowadays, you're he's a rigger. Where's Riverton? This was Canada. He would have been out in the tar sands. Fucking roughneck. It's Rick Wyoming. Pig, fucking all the sure. above. Yeah. Like, um, so. Yeah, Wyoming. It's <laughs> uh, also Riverton, Manitoba. Hmm. Oh. Both places. Who, was first? No, they, Who got it this first? Is in, this is in Wyoming. This is Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. Without a doubt. Stop bringing Manitoba into it. So uh, on this on this day, uh, before going into work, uh, Carl actually got a call from one of his employees and one of his team members and or one of his crew members and told him that he was sick and this uh, was sick with the flu. And this specific crew member was one that was going to be like key into the the stuff that they had to do that day. So yeah, uh, bullshit. Carl operated on the one all for one, one for all. He's like, you're sick. We're all sick, baby. Hunting day. (laughs) Oh, this guy's key because fucking Kai's the boss. So he just can't just watch himself work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, fuck. Good point. Um, yeah, so so Carl go ahead and, and call the day off, figuring that they wouldn't be able to get a lot done that day. Um, so in you know, deciding to take off of work, what he actually decided to do something a little bit productive with his day. And since I guess uh, hold on, time, we're not for for one second here, we're not talking about the real hero of the story, and it's whoever the fuck like worked for Carl that has enough like trust in him that when he calls in sick, the whole crew gets the day off. Like when I used to work for my dad, we had this guy, Trevor. And if Trevor was sick, none of us worked. Like there was like <laughs> me, my brother and my dad. <laughs> and if like Trevor called in sick, my dad was like, we can't do it without day. Trevor. We're taking, the, we're taking the day off. Because well, you guys be all fighting over the fucking radio station. Get nothing done. <laughs> Uh, very well could have been the case. Now, uh, at the time, I guess uh, Carl Higdon and his family, I guess he had, he had two daughters and two sons and his wife, Marjorie. And I guess they were a little bit in a, a bit of economic straits, dire economic straits at the time. And they Most were kind of, times. they were struggling a bit. Um, and so what uh, Carl decided to do was with his day off was to go ahead and pack up his gear, his hunting gear, and then he was going to take go out with the company pickup truck and head towards McCarthy Canyon in nearby Carbon County to go ahead and go elk hunting, and then perhaps you know procure some meat for the upcoming um, you know Wyoming winter. <laughs> the well, fill I the mean, freezer. I mean, listen, I don't like that. It's if you can like now here, especially in BC. I don't know what it's like in Wyoming, but like. I've put in for an elk draw every year I've been a hunter and I never get it. It's like winning the lottery. Like elk meat is awesome. This is the seventies brother. 
Yeah, it's 70s. You probably just went out there and just like, you're just like, ah, there's one. Elks everywhere. It's an infestation of elks. But (laughs) it's like, so like, it's one, it's really good meat. And it's like, Harvesting your own animal, man, like that is more than enough meat for a small family. All right, for all right Joe year. Rogan, fucking chill out. Yeah, I elk meat. <laughs> all right. You know what else? You got to get on testosterone. Get on that alpha, alpha beta yeah, brain. Alpha. Yeah, I, I, I think know. so there much clearer no beta now in Joe Rogan's fucking lexicon. Yeah, it's alpha brain. brain. All it's alpha brain. <laughs> Come on. Uh, the only thing I'm taking is beta blockers, bitch. Probably. I don't want to talk you about it. should be. <laughs> now, on the way to his favorite hunting spot, uh, Carl actually encountered some fellow hunters who were having trouble with their vehicle on the side of the road. So Carl Higdon, being the good Samaritan that he was, pulled over and decided to kind of help them out and see if they could help repair the vehicle. And so, according to him, like he pulled in front <laughs> of them, helped them. And, and during their chat, uh, while they were having, I think they also shared a cup of coffee um, while they were working on the engine. Uh, they told him that there was actually a a much better oh, hunting spot. This is the classic bullshit. This is the classic yeah. line. You get up, you get up to the hunting spot first. Someone comes up the road. You're like, oh, I was up there, man. It's no good. You should go down that road. It's like, trash. It's way better down that way. Yeah. There's go, no sign. You know There's you no nothing. You go as far as you can. Deep, deep, deep as you can into the woods. And then once you get there, keep going over the hill, other side of the mountain. That's where the game is. That's the oldest yeah, trick not in the here. book. Not over not here. Back not here. down this road. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I, I've had that happen to me. I've done it to people. Are you worried that you're I just find shoot it's all the deer? It's a classic like, like, well, yeah. horror setup. Like, well, you don't want you don't want <laughs> like people in your area. Setup. So if you if someone's about to stumble onto your good area where you know there's lots of sign, you're like, oh, it's brutal. But you know what the funny thing is? Anytime now someone I've run across it and someone's like, there's nothing back here, man. You're not going to see shit. I go, all right. And the first thing I know, I'm like, where is his spot? Listen, listen, I feel like they're just trying to be nice to you because I can see you rolling up looking like fucking Elmer Fudd. I do. I wear the same Fucking shotgun on your shoulder. Fucking, you know, and they're like, I feel bad for this guy. Yeah. We got to help him. I'll throw him a fucking Um, bonus. Family's going to starve. Well, you know what the other funny thing is? Is like, I'm like, in another like 20 years, like this story doesn't happen because this story does not have more. Braden was helping out some other people with their truck problems. <laughs> right? Like, I was like, how, like anyone here know? Could you, any of you guys just work on an engine? Any one of us? I would just tap it. You get underneath and you hit it with the fucking hammer. Just hit it. You get the yeah, that's right. Yeah. You the alternator's not working. Yeah. Little hammer. My dad yeah, taught me that. Fucking... Little bunk, bunk, bunk. I'll tell you this. One time I had a Cavalier. My dad, it was oh, like the, the alternator. <laughs> yeah, you remember, I remember the Cavalier. The, the we both alter- had matching to, Cavaliers. I used to rear end people for fun. Like my yeah. friends, <laughs> I would rear end them. Boom. Just rear end them. They'd be like, stop rear ending me. I was like, ha ha, rear end them. And my dad was like, yeah, you just tap the alternator with the hammer, right? Open the hood. If it's not, start, tap the alternator with the hammer. I'm like, okay. So open the open the hood and I'm looking and I'm like, I don't really know what an alternator is back then. I kind of know now. Back then, 100% didn't. So I pick something that I think is the alternator. I go to hit it with the hammer and the hammer just smashes it. And I go, <laughs> ooh. I'm like, fuck. Uh, turns out I, yeah, I hit the starter, not the alternator. Mm-hmm. I like and, how uh, it's yeah. it's it's just safer for you to actually not ask which is the alternator because the verbal abuse you'll get if you oh, do yeah. ask. Oh, it's not worth God. it. So let's shatter some shit. Yeah. Fun, until we find I was it. like, my dad's talking to me. Like I'm I'm moving up in the ranks, right? 
until you took a hammer to the fucking starter. Yeah. Well, then I sold it. I sold it to a buddy right after. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Joe. <laughs> oh, you gave him his money back, didn't you? Yeah, I did. The motor uh, blew up instantly when he took it over. He drove after. it around the block. <laughs> the engine exploded. <laughs> yeah. Long story short, uh, in this day and well, age, if you're, if you're stuck in the woods, you're you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> Don't expect uh, a Carl Higdon to come along. Yeah, I, I've seen enough horror movies to see how this starts. Like this is just, this all lines up. <laughs> um, so they they the 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 pair of hunters that he helped out uh, told him that there was good hunting over in a remote section of Medicine Bow National Forest. So Carl went ahead and altered his plan and decided to head towards that that national park instead. Carl. So. <laughs> yeah, Carl made the fucking rookie mistake there. Uh, so it it was already pretty much you know later in the afternoon. Uh, he arrived at his destination around four p.m. Now, once he exited his truck and he was preparing his hunting gear, uh, Higdon actually spotted another one of his hunter, another hunter, and his friend Gary Eaton. Um, there's a little part in the story here where it's like people's. Some articles say he talked to Gary Eaton, and then there's actually a book that was that was published in 2017, written by Carl Higdon's wife, which I read, and it, it said he talked to the game warden. So I don't know if Gary Eaton was the game warden or yeah. just his. Everybody friend. knows Gary Eaton's the game warden. Dan. Well, <laughs> I, one of the the article that I read was like he ran into the game warden, who is Gary Eaton, who he knew, and okay. I, I'll say yeah, this: okay. I'll, I'll say this as like. I don't know. Again, I am only talking from my personal experience in Canada, a lot different than Wyoming, but like conservation officers up here, there's like two. There's, yeah. So it's like, it's, it's, it's the same two that you were like in my area, the whole Vancouver Island, there's like two. So it's like, if you run into them, it's like, it's one or the other. So it's like, you get to know them. Like when you see sure. them out and about. Yeah. So it, I don't think it would be uncommon. And again, I don't know what it's like in Wyoming, but I imagine I'm, it's somewhere I'm, where it's I'm like, sure it's the same. There's only he's a the game them. warden. It's like, he's out and about. So if there's hunting areas, he's out there, he's doing yeah. roadblocks, he's checking, doing checks. So it's like, he would probably get to know all the old boys that are hunting because that's what our conservation officers do. Like they park at trailheads and they just talk to you as you're going in, talk to you as you're coming out. Right. So uh, after talking with Gary, Gary informed him that he was actually going to go higher into the forest where Higdon uh, was planning to go. But he made the joke that he might scare down some elk from him. So he was going to you know, maybe push him down a little bit further. Um, now, Higdon decided, like, once he got into the park, he decided to explore an area that caught his eye uh, that seemed to be kind of concealed behind a hill, uh, as he describes it. And then behind this remote, you know, in this section of the forest, he said that like right away, you know, within, you know, a short amount of time, he spotted a small herd of elk. And he just and so, started blasting from a distance. Didn't yeah. even look at the horns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the good old, good old days. Just, yeah. And then uh, I started blasting. I mean, that's how it pretty much sounds because it pretty much sounds like he snapped to and he decided to take aim at one of the animals and fire. But the thing is that when he fired, a strange occurrence happened. The, the first thing that he noticed is that he didn't feel any recoil. There was no kickback from the gun. 
And then he also said that there was no sound whatsoever. And he the forgot to load the rifle. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, that's what um, happened. I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, this was a new. This was a brand new gun which he had pod- purchased. Magnum, it was like a seven millimeter Magnum rifle. Magnum. Like, what is it? Well, I'm not super familiar. I'll, I'll tell you this: that like, mil, I've, yeah, seven mil rifle. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, I've had like this would be super rare because I I used to shoot a thirty odd six that kicked like a mule. And it was like, literally, if I was taking aim at something, I would be aiming. And then as I knew I was going to pull the trigger, like my whole body is like, preparing for this thing because it it literally hurt to shoot. Uh, and then I kind of downsized to a 25 odd six. But it's still like, when you shoot a gun, the noise and the kick, like it's always, you're not, unless you're shooting a little 22 or a BB, you know what I mean? Like you're feeling it, you're hearing it. Like it's not like you're like, oh, hold on. Let me just twirl up an earplug here and put it in my ears I mean, you got, before I take the shot. Your gun shouldn't hurt you though on the kickback unless you're not holding it tight against your shoulder. Okay. All right. Or you're <laughs> fucking soft. All right, buddy. Shouldn't hurt. Like it shouldn't like, Physically, maybe if you shoot like a bunch when you're target practicing, but one shot. Hey, listen, I'll give you my Browning 30 odd six lever action rifle. I've shot a bigger uh, gun than that. And I'm just telling you, that gun specifically kicks like a fucking mule. It hurts. We're gonna have to take his word for it. Dick measuring contest here, boys. I had to put a, I had to put a, I had to put a big foam butt pad on it because it hurt so bad when I, when I shot. Yeah, but you sit on a foam butt pad when you drive, so you're fucking soft. No, it's beads. Beads, okay? Beaded pad. So no sound, no kickback, and and in addition to that, uh, Higdon would later swear that he watched, he could, he could see the bullet exit out of the barrel of the rifle, travel about 50 feet as if it was, it was, as if it was moving through in slow motion through like ballistic gel is what he Yeah. It's like this guy said. is, this guy took a hit of slow-mo, right? Yeah. And oh, from, he's, from dread, <laughs> from judge dread. Right? Yeah. And he's so just, and now Payne, he's just bullet time. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's all of a sudden, you know, using the speed force and he's just doesn't know what's happening. Like he's like looking around, like he's with it. Everything else has seemingly slowed down around him. Right. And, and the, you know, another unusual thing is that the bullet, the bullet didn't travel its full distance. It, it, what he said is it traveled about, like he estimated around probably about 50 feet before it appeared to just plummet to the ground and just right in front of him, just plop onto the ground. Um, so like something stopped it. Right. Um, so this is, this is a quote from, from Carl. Uh, I couldn't believe my senses instead of a that's, powerful That's not blast, how he talks. <laughs> what, how does he talk? Well, you can barely understand him. <laughs> let me tell you that. Mumbling. He's mumbling. Are you talking about the video? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, that is, I'm like, well, I, I mean, was, he was, he's, that, that video is from like a couple of years ago. He's pretty old. <laughs> I think, well, I think he's, I think he passed away. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't in that video. He was. I don't think he was in the best of health like that one. No, no, it didn't. It didn't sound like. Um. So he says, 
I couldn't believe my senses. Instead of a powerful blast, the seven millimeter bullet left the gun's barrel noiselessly and in slow motion. It floated like a butterfly, finally falling to the ground about 50 feet from where I stood. I was awestruck. I was froze. All around me, there was a painful silence. Not a chirping bird or the rustling of leaves on a nearby tree could be heard. The only sensation I could detect was a tingling feeling which crawled up my spine. This was similar to the feeling you often get before a fierce thunderstorm when the air is full of a static electricity. Now I know spider I know, sense telling you're going to both get yeah. probed. I know that, like you know, like you know how you can just feel it in an air in the air sometimes when the thunderstorms come. Like you can just yeah, I listen like, to Phil Collins. Feel it, right? <laughs> <Can> <laughs> spine tingle. Um, but it, it everything else about this like kind of lines up like a super eerie where it's like you're when you're in the woods like there's never a time where you're like you don't you're hearing nothing so it's like the fact that everything around and I I wonder if this everything around him just goes silently and then he just feels this like the thunderstorm I wonder if that has something to do with this area he's in you know specifically affected whatever technology is being used to do this if this is the case is but it, it it adds up to me. What I was kind of wondering is if someone was out of the range of whatever is aff- affecting Carl here, would they still hear everything? Would, would they have s- seen the gunfire, like hear the gun shot? Like, would yeah, they have something been affected? Obviously, something's obviously like the, the how far did the bullet travel? 50, 50 feet. feet. Yeah. yeah. So it's obviously something affected it, right? It's yeah. It's, well, it's, but it's obviously in some that. sort of zone, right? It's obviously in some sort of zone this is affecting. So what I'm saying is if some if there was a like a, an observer to this event. Yeah, but so if it was outs- normal to somebody else, I understand what you're saying, but yeah. if it was a normal event, the bullet would have traveled far too. It wouldn't have just stopped that short. Yes. But what I'm getting at is because Carl was seemingly unaffected by this, everything around him was, would someone watching this event say standing outside of the affected zone see Carl pull the trigger, hear the bang, Carl's gone. Oh, right, yeah, because maybe. now he's moving so f- he's essentially Something's moving so drastically fast. affected time and space. And if you remember the case file with the Voronezh UFO, where we talked about something affecting, remember they uh, they pop down, grab that kid. The kid screamed. They grabbed the kid, and the kid just disappears with disappears, them. And we yeah. we joked about them kind of being on a different frequency. Mm. That's kind of like where my kind of brain was thinking of. Like, I wonder if this is similar technology, comparable technology used in that case file that we talked about. Perhaps. Uh, so like I said, um, Higdon was actually able to see where his bullet landed. So being of the curious sort, he went and actually was able to go and retrieve the bullet uh, from the ground. And on upon an inspection, he noticed that it, something unusual, I guess, had happened, that the, the lead portion of the bullet had disappeared and that there was only just this oddly misshapen case that was left. So from to when I read that, I was like, because you yeah, have, it doesn't make sense. You have the bullet, like the tip, that the right. projectile, and then the shell That's filled the with powder. Right. So I, when it, when he said that, I was like, if so, he went to pick up the bullet, it was gone, but he found the shell. With the shell would have been back where he shot. So I thought the, the bullet was it like a was it a two was it like a hollow point? It had like a a different tip. That's I, what I, I was thinking too. Because this, maybe. this, if you've shot a gun, when someone says like, 
well, I shot the gun and then I went and picked up my casing 50 feet where it dropped. Right. I go, well, your casing would have ejected either, like if it's a lever action, your casing ejects when you reload the next one. If you're shooting a semi-automatic, it's they're usually ejecting out the side, right? The casing. Right. And he's saying, like, the description by all accounts is he he goes forward and he finds the casing. The lead, that's the bullet that ejects off. So it's right. The actual projectile shoots, of the bullet. Yeah. Shoots out the barrel and is it fires, right? And he's saying that part's missing, which makes sense because that would be missing because you shot your gun. But it, the weirdness of it is, is like your casing shouldn't be there. Right. I mean, I could I could chalk this description up to maybe like his wife writing the story that she's just not yeah, just really miscommunication familiar. in the story. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. she's just she's not totally familiar with with the you know firearms. firearms. Yeah. And it's um, but, the but, the, but the thing is is that you know just just so we know is that he picked up something like he picked up the bullet like the bullet was all mashed up like it like it, it hit something well and it was on the ground. like per, it's perfect you said that because one of the articles I read it's it sounded like the bullet which travels 50 feet and hit falls is some hit some sort of force field, right? He watched it slow-mo the bullet go and hit and land. And his wife just doesn't know enough about uh, ammunition to be like, Oh, is the, the bullet, the actual bullet is what hit. And that's he, the mangled portion that he picked up. Mm. And I heard like, when you say mangled, one of the accounts I read that the bullet was actually like inside out. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and, later, later when, um, cause later he would, he would have this, I mean, we'll get to it, but it's like later that after he retrieved it, he, he retrieved the bullet and he put it like in his canteen pocket, like he put it in his canteen pocket to kind of just, you know, is something that was strange that was happening. He wanted to be able to have a, a little piece of evidence of something weird was happening, but, but then but things got even weirder. <laughs> just to, just to paint a picture maybe for Andrew, like what you're saying is because that I read that too. But like if it's, you know, we kind of heard that like he sees this thing moving in slow-mo, like it's going through ballistic jelly, but in real time, and then it hits something. Maybe it doesn't hit like a like a firm object like what we're thinking of, but it hits some sort of force field force where field. the the bullet actually hits and it kind of goes like inside out, right? Where like it it kind of like flips in itself as it passes through this force field as as an impact, right? Which would I don't know. I'm just Something. trying to account of how this sure. would affect the bullet to turn inside out. I don't know. Well, I just get ready because shit's going to get way weird. Something magical happened <laughs> at this uh, at yeah. this time. <laughs> yeah, that's all I can tell you. Something, uh, uh, something magical. Happened. So as he's as he's placing the the bullet in his uh, in his pocket. Uh, uh, Carl is actually alerted. He hears a sound since everything's quiet. It's it's you could probably hear a pin drop, but instead he hears a twig snapping behind him. Fuck. And so Carl spins around and I believe he raised his rifle at first or he was going to raise his rifle and then he kind of lowered it down uh seeing that the thing in front of him at first he thought it was another hunter. He thought he thought it was another person because it was it had it was shaped very much like the the, the silhouette or kind of the uh, like the figure that he was seeing. It had two legs. Uh, it had a torso, two arms, uh, you know, and a head. So he thought it was just another hunter. But as it came closer out of the uh, out of the brush, what he saw before him was definitely not human. Uh, yeah, it, it was humanoid. 
um, you could say, and that's what he refers it to. But it was wearing a um, was it, a, it uh, how many? Uh, first, first question I'm going to ask is uh, what was the what was the clop situation? <laughs> I had two eyes. Two it was eyes. a biclops. Okay. Biclops. Bi-clops. 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 We have a biclops. Bipedal. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was a it was a figure that was decked out in this skin type black one piece outfit, uh, which had these. Love those you know, he describes pieces, it as yeah. having a, a pair of uh, harness like straps that crisscrossed across its chest. And then also had a metallic belt, uh, which he's recalled seeing some type of like yellow uh, six-pointed, what he says is a six-pointed star seemed to seem to look like. Oh, this is um, a space Jew. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you talking about? <laughs> now, the physical description of the, the, the creature is something that is, uh, you know, it's been represented in artwork because eventually after his experience, Carl would go on to talk with like a number of uh, artists to, to kind of illustrate, uh, try to get a, a, a picture of, of what this creature looked like. Um, but just to, to describe from his description, he said that this thing had no detectable ears that had very small eyes and had no eyebrows. Um, the hair, if you could call it hair that was on his head, uh, he said seemed to be like, it was just kind of very coarse and he can, he compared it to straw, Pubes. like just like, yeah, straw, like <laughs> tubes of straw, just like growing uh, straight like a head of its head. Yeah. And it had a very, it had a small, like slit like mouth. And he said it had these very, he said what exposed, like, there were three large human-like teeth. Um, but big old, big old chicklets. Three big of them. Up, yeah. up and down. Big old buck teeth. <laughs> big old yeah. buck teeth. Triples. Up and um, down. Like horse. Just big old grinders. With a big, and there was... The, underbite? <laughs> no, no. Perfectly even. No, just, but just, line, like, just like Imagine big, they open their big yeah. mouth and it's just like three giant teeth instead of all your <laughs> yeah. teeth. Just giant three teeth. Um, there was a... Uh, you know, some of the remarkable characteristics was there. There was no chin to speak of. Like the head just went kind of straight down. Like it was just so kind of like, like from the mouth down. And then you had the um, <laughs> <laughs> where where his right hand should have been on a normal human. They said it, there was some type of drill or cone like device that. <laughs> Was attached to drill the fist. Wrist. So he's got oh, a drill buddy, fist. That's a Prober 3000, baby. <laughs> Where did um, show? He's like revving it up. <laughs> and then on the left arm, um, Carl noticed that there was nothing. It just ended in just kind of a, a stump. Like there was nothing there, like a smooth. Well, that's because that's because that's it's for they have the quick attach probe attachments. Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he's he's like, okay, I got this one. Usually works. Right. But just in case this, we, I need the triangle one, I'll leave this one empty in case I need to quickly clip it in. Yeah. <laughs> As you do. Yes. <laughs> so... Um uh, another thing is that the the creature he said like a, as it moved towards him like it was bow legged like it had two legs on the bottom but it was very like it, yeah. I guess it was kind of walked with like a bow legged gait. Yeah. If you um, don't know what that is, imagine yourself riding a horse and then take away the horse. Yes. <laughs> um, and the creature moved straight towards Carl, like noticing him standing there, and addressed him directly, saying, "How you doing?" <laughs> Hey there, <laughs> bud. Hey, how's doing? it going? Like, like he's, How are you doing, what's a, man? What language, what language is he talking? Is, is, is he, English. Is he bopping? 
or just it's English? No, no, it's English. Yeah, as far yeah. as far as as Carl <laughs> as can, fucking, as could determine, it was English. Like it was perfect waddles, English. As he waddles in with his one cone hand. <laughs> yeah. Just hey. kind of just kind of like moseyed in, you know, yeah. like just moseyed over to Carl and how are you doing? Like I that's I that's what it says. Hey there, partner. Mm. Um, uh, part of me <laughs> thinks when I like when you read this story. It makes a little more sense when I was reading it. A part of me went, I wonder if he actually saw this thing talking or if he just thinks he did. And this thing was just, he heard it in his, in his like head and said like, like, Oh, how's it, how's it going? Like he, like whatever it was, it was telepathically communicating with him. Cause it would be, I think it would be easier for, for me to think that something could telepathically, telepathically ask you like how you're doing rather than be like some like bow-legged creature from like just be like how's it going uh, yeah but they they traveled this far you don't it think just seems a really to, like intelligent enough to like learn our well, just, I'm just, well okay just well then they're doing, you're using slang you're using slang well, I mean, how's it, 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 just, it just seems yeah, like he knows he's like this is probably to address somebody to be it, just this like is how you're he would be comfortable hearing right oh yeah <laughs> i'm just i'm judging it by his uh because we talked about he had a very small mouth, so did he? Did he and a no chin? So did he have? Did he have the just big teeth? That? Did he have the attributes doing? to be able to actually speak clearly? Because it seems like I mean, he had a way, mouth. The way that his description is, but like, there's no way he can open his mouth because he's got no mouth, no chin. Hey, no, he has a mouth, but just like small mouth and no chin. Yeah, he's got, he's got no lips. Teeth and he's got no lips. Small. I mean, to form there's plenty the, of people who have small mouths and they can still talk. But they don't have three teeth and a tiny chin. But they still got teeth. I mean, okay, so I, yeah, I don't know what it would sound like. I know people. Hey, listen, are, are, are I know doing? people with no teeth that can talk. This is true. Right? I don't know. Sure. Like, like I don't does know he have a tongue? To, I don't know. I did. That's it's important. Probably the tongue would yeah. be important. Well, you need that to be able to speak. That's true. Yeah. So we can. Um, we he's got six giant teeth and a tongue and a for tongue. sure. For sure, we know that much. Little bitty mouth, little lips, little purdy mouth, little bird, yeah, little purdy bird mouth. Uh, so, so Carl, to his credit, even though he is uh, shocked by what he has seen, uh, oh. um, he he does respond and kind of just says like, "I'm okay." Like, I guess, like uh, his, I think his response varies depending on like which article you read, but it was something yeah. like just like pretty good. I'm good, I guess. Well, the one <laughs> the one of the accounts that I read was that like Carl said that he was so scared, but he was trying to like keep his composure so that. Right this thing did, like didn't know he was scared so he was just like good like, I'm good <laughs> I'm, I'm good, I'm good. I get, yeah <laughs> how, how how are you yeah. uh, and so and the creature kind of asked the follow up and he was like you know are you hungry and and Carl replied that, you know just I didn't really kind of know what to do but I guess he just decided to be just honest and was just like a little <laughs> like a little and uh, so the creature apparently floated over to him, like like withdrawed it from a from a pocket or a storage yeah. uh, compartment or something. Um, there was a, a mentos oh, fresh. He, <laughs> he's got better. a. What did he grab? It with? He's got a stump and a fucking drill. No, he floated yeah. it over. He like, floated out. He, he like, I came probably oh, so shot out like, of his sleeve. Oh, so it's a wand. It's a Wimgardium <laughs> Leviosa. He's got a wand hand and drill hand and fucking. All right. Um. So uh, it's the man who hunts. <laughs> Come to die. 
<laughs> he so the the creature like floated over between the distance of them the, between the space between them was a, was a what seemed to be it was a packet of pills and Uh-oh. and told and told Carl take one <laughs> and um fucking tic tac baby you know and, and and of course like you know as as I'm Car- sure Carl's a smart guy and he's like you know who the fuck's going to take, take drugs pills? from strangers I don't take pills from strangers <laughs> this isn't a rave you weirdo like <laughs> <laughs> there's no way though like in this situation like this thing's just like take one you're not yeah. taking it I, everyone uh, here's taking that pill not, you're just like not only does he say take one he says it will last 4 days yes what do you mean it's going to last 4 days <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just raving yeah. Yeah, just, I mean, probably four days. I'm like, four days? Like, I've got work in the morning. <laughs> it's just a slow release, like LSD pill. Just slowly dissolves over four days. <laughs> and and Carl is not usually predisposed to taking any pills of any kind. Like, usually he's like, I don't, I. he says that he was usually like not even a person, like a fan of aspirin. Like, it wasn't really that yeah, kind they, of person. Well, it's because they pissed us those rigors so much because they're... <laughs> Uh, and so, but, uh, Carl says that he did take one of the pills and then he kind of did so without any hesitation. And he says that, it, you know, whether it was a shock or, or something else, some kind of compulsion that, uh, that was placed inside his mind, uh, he, you know, he felt that he, this is just out of the normal behavior for him that he took one of these pills and just kind of downed it. <laughs> I would also assume that like you're in the middle of the woods, you just saw your bullet fucking go slow-mo through the air. There's a real primal fear in you that you're about to die. I bet. Buddy, like, I, listen, the bullet thing, yeah, you got to do it with a drill for hand. Yeah, buddy, Andrew, <laughs> that's like, what, don't like, even that's lie. That's You'd already be bent over. No, no, I'd be gone. I would not even be, I wouldn't, he'd been, how you doing? And he would have been talking to nobody. Peace. I would have been fucking gonzo, man. Yeah, you would have just run in place, this guy, buddy. he's literally fucking handing this guy over some fucking flexural, some cyclobenzapine, uh, a muscle relaxant, because he's about to fucking probe the fucking shit out of this guy. Yeah. He's got a drill for a hand. This guy's going to get drilled. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. It's not looking good. Yeah. No. Uh, after after taking this the the pill or whatever it was, the Higdon said that he became aware, like kind fucking of fucking <laughs> uh taking in a little bit of the surroundings and what was kind of behind the, the creature itself. He said that he he noted that there was a, some sort of like transparent or cube shaped object like on the ground behind yeah. the figure. It was about like, a, he was saying it was about five by, I think he said five by five, like five feet by five feet, hmm. like is what he could kind of, determine like what well, what was there this object and um he he said that he kind of had the he had the feeling that this was the the craft that the the creature was traveling in like that that's what he got the impression um and so uh, as as carl is noting this and and you know staring at its ship for lack of a better uh i guess a better word for it the um the 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 alien kind of asked like do you want to come along? This is a quote. <laughs> like it's, yeah. do you want to come along? Come for a ride? Do I have a choice? Hey, and Carl, you you cool? <laughs> you, you took that pill, man. You cool, man. You cool? <laughs> Why don't you come along? And, uh, Let's get to know Carl, each other you know, better. Hey, hey, you don't got gas or grass, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking... And and so Carl, as he recalls, like uh, during the event, he, he said he could just kind of he shrugged his shoulders, not really, not really as a uh, 
you know, consent or anything, just kind of being like, I guess maybe, okay. And the creature took it as consent and then, and yeah. Then- <laughs> well, I think you, you should have been, if you didn't want to go, Carl, at this point, give him the old no means no. But you didn't. <laughs> no, right? no, you- no, no, no. Hey, listen, when he's done, he's going to be talking all, the alien's going to talk, be talking all about the implication. Yeah. <laughs> the implication. Right. <laughs> um, he had a so- drill for a fucking hand. <laughs> and after after Carl goes ahead and, and shrugs his shoulders and 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 the, the creature somehow takes that as consent for what's about to happen. Um, Carl's memory after this goes a little bit spotty. Like the, Ooh, the, the events leading up to this are yeah. very very much like sequential, yeah. and he remembers everything pretty clearly. But after this, uh, after that, um, he says that it was very almost quickly. Like- after the pill, things <laughs> <Yeah>. get fuzzy. <laughs> um, Not surprisingly, the, f- uh, the four-day acting LSD pill is taking effect. <laughs> the next thing that Carl recalls is that he was strapped into some kind of high back seat, which he, he kind of compared to like a bucket seat, and that yeah. there is something strapped onto his head, some type of helmet or some type of device that was, it was strapped onto his head, kind of uh, restricted his movement. <laughs> Um, Fucking and he really see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no. You know how expensive that pill was, Carl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, but but the thing is, the, also the interesting thing is that Car- Carl says that he could sense somehow behind him in in the ship, like where they were. He was sitting in this in the seat, which I think there was there was more. I think he said there was more than one. There was like a couple of them, like uh, four or five that he that he noticed. But he was also able to sense behind him were the five elk in the herd that he um, Woo! had been tracking. God damn! Now it's a party. <laughs> yeah, shit's, um, some interspecies erotica. Yeah, it's just getting, getting weird, weird now. Yeah. Uh, Carl recalls like looking down through the seemingly transparent floor and that the, the creature made some motions uh, with its appendages, with its arms. And then Carl said he could watch his, as his truck and the ground uh, receded beneath them at fantastical speed, like just shooting and, up. And just know, so we're all aware, like the just navigator to be style. clear, when he says he made some motions with his appendages, it does not, Clarify arms. Dan clarified arms. Doesn't say that. Just as appendages. We don't know which ones. All right. All right. He just made some motions. Just fucking will, windmilling that thing. Yeah. Spinning and sinning. Worry. Yeah, let's like get it. this thing going. Um, oh. So that's a different type of propulsion we're talking oh, yeah. about. This is true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's physical right. propulsion right there. Yeah. The old yep. D drive. <laughs> Anyways, just before we keep going with the case, we got to grab a quick beer, take a short break. Yeah. We'll be. Right back. We're back. <laughs> Andrew, I, I want to really see you in one of those, you know, those Costanza Gore-Tex jackets, like those, those, those the huge ones. <laughs> hey, you get it, I'll wear it, buddy. <laughs> uh, you should have a, we should have a temperature gauge on your little, on your, How on your screen there. Andrew's How cold garage. is it? Right. <laughs> and you control the thermostat. Tip us, <laughs> Andrew's thermostat goes up. <laughs> hey, it's so only it's either hair, just... it's either hair or heat, right? What did we say before? So, I'll freeze. Yeah, he's gonna start. You just got more hair? Really sleepy. Yeah, you're warming up already. All right, where were we? <laughs> uh, Carl Higdon is on his intergalactic 
voyage. Yeah, he's uh, strapped in. He's strapped in, <laughs> he's ready strapped for in, action. Ready yeah. Whether he likes it or not. Yeah, not really sure if he wanted to go. <laughs> this creature doesn't care. Um, he didn't say no, though. Let's be he, very yeah, clear. He didn't, he didn't he specifically did say, no. say no. So, I mean, you know, in a court and of in law. in their culture, like, a shrug <laughs> might be a yes. This is true. Um, <laughs> so, so from this point, uh, the events that that occur uh, while Carl is aboard this ship um, are the memories that he had are sporadic. Uh, like we mentioned before, the, the the things that he remembers are a little bit different depending on which account that you read. Um, in, uh, articles that you read, they will. Some people will kind of. It, include the things that he actually uh, eventually would would engage in like hypnotic regression and so some of his the events would get kind of mixed up together um but kind of just going with all the the original kind of story as as Carl told it um he, he kind of remembers that it, not only was there one creature in this in this craft but eventually like another one a second one emerged and that um Carl was floated down or he calls floating down some type of white lit, brightly lit corridor um, to, to participate or be subjected to some type of what he assumed was an examination. <laughs> and Wrong has this, hold on, has this fucking, has, has old fucking drill fist here, has he introduced himself yet? Uh, so yeah, so whether it was when he immediately boarded the ship or a little bit later, um, the, oh, or the as creature... he was, as he was fucking elbow deep into Carl. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm hopefully I'm, before. I'm, I mean, you I'm as a one, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah. The, the creature identifies itself to Higdon as also one. Yeah. Yeah. Asshole one for sure. Yeah. Um, and so uh, after, after some type of examination, uh, the, the creatures communicate to him that, uh, in so many words that he is, he is not what they want and they will take him back. Um, so, so basically he just communicated like, fuck him and said, chuck it's him. not you. It's, it's not you. It's me. <laughs> well, actually yeah. it's you. Yeah. We gotta take you back. Yeah. Um, and so not only does the, the events like happen on this ship. Oh, so uh, our boy Carl's going for an intergalactic fucking walk of shame. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it, that's be... not the one we ordered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe they maybe felt bad that they kind of picked him up and like, you know, taken him out of his natural habitat. So they decided to at least. He was just know, crying a little, a little too much. It made it awkward <laughs> for them. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't going to work. Um, but they decided to take him on a little tour. Um, not only of their ship, but apparently to what was their home planet. Um, Carl actually remembers the next thing after the examination that being in like th this transparent ship, um, he remembers being the, in the presence of an intensely bright light, like a, a light so bright that it's actually like physically hurting his eyes. Um, like he couldn't look at Don't it. Don't stare even, at like, the arc welder. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, but but through this light, Carl said that he could make out uh, what appeared to be a, a tower of, of some sort. And and in Higdon's uh, description, he compared it to to what the the Seattle Space Needle looked like, and that was kind of the most prominent feature that he was able to identify um, as the as a ship was approaching um, 
this planet, another it was a holy another planet, and that this tower um, not only you know in case like, let us show us your planet. Light. He's like, are we in Seattle? They're like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, uh, but this tower he also described was surrounded by what seemed to be some type of like aura of shifting colors. Um, is what he described. Now, let's um, also not forget that Carl is fucking tripping his balls because he took true. some weird space done a, pill. Got a four day space <laughs> pill. That's lasting four days. Yeah. Some space peyote. <laughs> um, so Carl remembers that the craft was put down and landed uh, in front of the tower. And I think he estimated somewhere around 150 feet and that Carl was escorted inside by the two beans, but they didn't walk that they floated everywhere that they just kind of, you know, you know, float them as you do. Um, and yeah, when you're high as fuck, yeah. <laughs> you can go anywhere you want yeah. at that point. And, um, so here inside this building, inside this tower, uh, facility, whatever, um, I believe that he was, either subjected to an additional one, or this might've been actually when um, the, the the examination occurred, but he does remember saying like, they kind of put him in what was like a, um, like a, he remembers some type of wall coming down, uh, some type of a, a barrier of some type as they, as they brought him in. And he was still kind of unable to move of his own accord. Um, but he says that, he, you know, perhaps this was some type of like scanning because he remembers being in there for like, a couple of minutes, what he estimated. Um, so you actually, you actually gave me a kind of an interesting thought there when you said, when you just said like, at that point you could go anywhere. It made me think that maybe whatever he took was some sort of like consciousness opening, opening drug. And that maybe his physical self never left. Right. But he, he went on a trip with these people, but it was like, uh, you know, on, on some different plane of existence. You take this pill uh, and you can he access went. this ethereal plane and <laughs> travel across the galaxy like it just, it just, and blink. Uh, I like that. So, yeah, it, well, it, it does line up with a couple of things that happened. So I'm like, I was kind of like, oh, maybe, maybe this all has to do with something about this pill. Just an intergalactic trip is what this is. <laughs> What, or just trip. like releases your consciousness for four days. Like this will last four days before we got to so like unbind get you back you from to your body. This earthly realm. And you can then yeah, travel. Or, you, or your earthly vessel, right? <laughs> your, your third dimensional plane of existence. Uh, for four so, days. <laughs> for four of your earth days. Earth days, right. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's also, now that I think about it, like, how do they know that, like, three of your, yeah, why do you not, you didn't specify what days, so what if they're, what if the orbit Then he landed planet? and said, how you doing? I know. All right? Just, so, yeah, like, so obviously thinking. they got some knowledge. <laughs> What's um, going on here? So, this, um, <laughs> as the, after the the scanning, is what uh, Carl kind of described it as, or he assumed it was happening, um, the, the, the Ozo-1 came back and, and took charge of him, and, and, brought him along and kind of started to tell uh, or at least relay to Carl as to why, um, like the purpose of his visit, why he was on earth. And so according to also one, um, they had, his race had been coming to earth in search of fish and animals. And specifically the, the like these fish and animals that they would retrieve, he said that they would use to make these pills um, which he had given Carl some, and that these pills were designed to like 
satiate hunger for like three to four days. Yes. Like that's now, what you're supposed to do. But, and what's what? the bean in fucking Dragon Ball? Sensu bean. Yeah. Basically. So, yeah. But the thing, the, one of the interesting things of note is, is that Azo One had told Carl that these last a little longer than what the pill actually lasted for Carl, which means that we have fast, we metabolize these pills that they make. Like they're obviously not made for us. So we metabolize whatever this is faster. So it, I was kind of thinking, how like, do you know that though? Was he hungry? Yeah, he he was feeling hungry. Like he he was told it would last X amount of days, and it was actually quicker until he was like he felt. Hungry. When was he? When did he, when did we see? Like I don't. I missed just that. one of the articles. He, he was right. hungry. It's probably it was like one two of the days art- or something like that after he left the hospital. Oh, I think, okay. Something like that. And and he was like, so I don't think he, he ate while he was in the hospital. Like no, he, yeah. he, well, I remember reading he didn't eat for days. Right. Yeah, and it was he. He noted that it lasts like for him. Well, it's he, either that or how do you how do you know that there wasn't missing time while he's on the ship? Well, that, th- to be honest, that's part of the what I was wondering too. If this is some sort of time dilation thing where he's gone, he's back. He's been gone for days, but for us here, he he's been gone for minutes, right, or something like that. I wasn't. Yeah, that's sure. what makes sense to me. Because right? because you would think that they would like everything that he's saying to Carl would be in human standards, right? If he's gone as far as like, they study these people, they know the language, he's going to know, you know, you know, he's going to be putting this in human terms, I would imagine, right? right? Yeah, he's going to present himself in a way, say if he's not a physical being, he's going to present himself in a way that we would understand and be able to react with. He he couldn't give himself some more teeth? (laughs) They they got Um, got the wrong picture from the internet. He he could only (laughs) render three teeth? Um, so, really uh, upscale in his whatever's listen, going on here. Where are they? Where? How south are they? He, he's like might be a Wyoming. Lot. He's like, north. Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah, he's like he's oh, like seven twenty p upscale into ten eighty p. That's what it is. It's filling in. <laughs> he's like this doesn't look right. <laughs> um. So also one was telling Carl that they they had to come to Earth because they're. Their ocean of their planet, he described it as being yellow. Like their ocean is yellow on their planet, and that all the fish within that ocean have died. So they had to go to Earth. And I think they might have not they might not have just said not just Earth, like there were other planets that they were going to that they had to retrieve resources uh from. Uh, so I also went went forward to show Higdon an actual map of their planet, showed him on some type of display, and, and told him specifically that they were 163,000 light miles, light miles from Earth. What the fuck is a and light mile? That's pretty much what Carl asked him. Because <laughs> Carl, Carl, you know, is aware that he's like, he, he said that, you know, he, he asked also, like, do you mean light years? Um, is what you're referring to in terms of you know measure of distance and the the kind of also apparently kind of like waved him off and just kind of been like the passage of time is different. No, is yeah, he he's like he's like listen, America won. We <laughs> use Imperial everywhere, all right. In the future, <laughs> Imperial uh, everything, right? So a light mile would be the distance that light travels. Right. Travels yeah. in a mile. Everyone knows that's like three point five light kilometers. 1.6 light kilometers. Uh, 1.6. One, well, yeah, 1.6. I <laughs> mixed up the conversion there. It's confusing. Um, so 161,000 light miles. 163,000 light so, miles from Earth. So, okay. So it's like not that... In, in terms of light years, it's not that far is what we're saying here. 
or maybe it's further. Probably not. Well, light because light. If what well, if light's traveling at was it almost three hundred thousand kilometers per second? You multi, yeah. You're getting huge, huge fucking. Oh, okay, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So, but a light year would be multi billion or trillions of whatever kilometers. Right. So a light mile would be maybe just like a couple star systems over. Yeah. I mean, he also. I mean, he also says like the passage of time is different. So it's like it's not like. I guess, well, I guess like it he depends can't use how big year. their star like, yeah, is. He and... does have to use miles as opposed to like he's not using. Well, he's a, he's, a well, year, as we said, like how he speaks and looks. He's just he's just using miles just for Carl himself, right? Um. So after this, Carl remembers. Um. You know, under under hypnosis, later he would recall actually seeing other what appeared to be other human beings there. He recall he recalled what? seeing at least like two young girls, uh, uh, one around 11 and one in her early teens. Uh-huh. He said he saw a teen couple that was probably about 18 years of age and then also an older man in their, in his probably about his 50s is what now, he when estimated. I'm re- when I'm reading it, didn't, uh, didn't describe these other people he's seen as only having like the big buck teeth. As far as no, I'm these were humans. Regular like he, human from people. what he could see. Yeah. Um, so you got a humans. weird crew. You got a weird crew on the ship. Yeah. Two young girls, the 11 year old, a couple of 18 a year olds, fucking... a 50 year old and five elk. Like it's a weird <laughs> yeah, curse. I was gonna say. Right? Well, this was, this was in the facility. This is on the planet. Like he the saw weird, these ones like while they're in the thing. The weird thing about the humans that Carl accounts under, again, under regression is that like they weren't shocked. They didn't really talk to him. They weren't like they, well, they didn't, didn't even notice him. They didn't even seem surprised, upset. Like they were just going about business, like business yeah. as usual kind of thing. So he kind of speculated that these might be androids, but I kind of thought right away, I'm like, maybe these are some sort of hybrids that are living there. Yeah, okay. Should have should have tried to count how many teeth they have in front. <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting because it's I feel like these things aren't awfully concerned with hybrids because they look nothing like us. <laughs> uh, right? Like they... like Well, they have similarities, but they don't look perfectly human. That's for sure. No, right? Like no. And when you when we get into like the greys, the greys are the ones that are off trying to supposedly get hybrids, right? Because you get into the net netney and all that shit and it kind of makes sense that that's us from the future. But like you tell us, you know, in the future we develop drill hands and fucking... <laughs> yeah. And you got, you got an old simple jack face. Hey, there's every possible outcome in every possible reality. That's what's happening here. So we're going to turn into a bunch of fucking drill-fisted, chinless sons of bitches. In some saying. reality, that's what happens to drill-fisted, human race. chin swick mans. <laughs> uh, after after these events, after seeing the the humans, which didn't seem shocked at all and didn't really even take any notice, like uh, Carl said that he didn't even get a chance really to to talk with them because pretty much that. Well, they the, didn't. I thought he said that it was like they didn't even know he was there. Yeah. Right, like he saw them from a distance, is what I saw as they oh, described. Okay. Like he saw them from like a di- like a pretty not super far, but enough to kind of like make out what their ages were, you know, obviously, as he mentioned. And, um, but he didn't get a chance to talk with them or anything like that. They just kind of like, were going about maybe, you know, again, if this is something that is regularly happening, then they probably just didn't really care. Cause it's like, oh, they're just, just bringing in another yeah, person. <laughs> like maybe it's a, a regular, a regular everyday thing. On oh, also good. one's planet. The, yeah. Perfect. A new drill hole. <laughs> um, so, you know, just as promised, uh, you know, Azo One uh, was returning Carl to, uh, you know, would return Carl to to Earth. And so Carl uh, recalls the, the return trip. Um, and 
on this trip, at least one of the events that you know uh, that stuck in his mind that he was recalling later, um, he said that that Carl remembers um, that the the Ozzo was actually like admiring his weapon, his 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 rifle they had brought along with them, I suppose. And, um, you know, he remembers that also kind of referred to the, he's like, this is, this is pretty nice. It's a, for a primitive weapon. And like Carl remembers like taking offense to that <laughs> kind of be like a primitive. Buddy, like, he just froze time this is a fucking and you're going to take offense. I just bought this. <laughs> Buddy, the motherfucker froze your bullet and then he goes a primitive and you're going to be upset. <laughs> um, right. You didn't take offense to him <laughs> drilling your ass, but you're going to take offense to him calling your gun, making fun of your gun. Okay. Um, and so uh, Carl also remembers that Ozzo retrieved the pills that had been given to him. Um, uh, that, that, okay. that, that pack of pills that they had been, that had been floated over to Carl and Carl had Protein taken pills. Um, Ozzo took them, took them back. Um, and, you know, Carl said that he was also kind of miffed about that, too, because he's like, this is the only piece of evidence. Tangible that, evidence. Like, yeah. Tangible evidence that I would, yeah. something really, really that can't be strange the case. Happened. Brady said there's tons of tangible evidence in this case. <laughs> well, we'll get to more sure. of the evidence here. Well, Some more of the um, weird oddities. Now, according to Carl, he was pretty much unceremoniously dropped on the edge of a pretty much nine foot rocky incline. They just kind of like plopped him out. They just according to Carl. Carl. Yeah, they yeah, just kind of threw he, him listen, out. Like, sounds like they just can't do anything for out. us. We don't want to play with you anymore. See ya. <laughs> um, Close enough. You're out. <laughs> Yeah, and he—I mean—he took a pretty cash is on the nightstand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck out of here. He took a pretty bad tumble down this one because they were saying that he sustained like a number of minor injuries, and after he reached the bottom of this, because he fell down it, like he he tumbled down this nine foot incline, um, and but after recovering from you know this mental shock, you know, as somewhat. Higdon says that he made his way back to his truck, which he determined, you know, from from what he was seen is that the truck was probably about three to five miles from where he remembered parking it. Initially, the vehicle had been moved, but he was that he managed to, f to find the vehicle, get inside. And then in there, you know, in the front seat, Carl pretty much said that he collapsed uh, for, for a time just from the stress and shock of, of I, what he had just experienced. I don't think it was from stress and shock of the experience. Cause the experience like has his, yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. I thought space withdrawals yeah. from whatever they gave yeah. him is what was happening to him because that's like he he doesn't describe the experience as like a truly stressful. Like he's pretty calm through the entire thing, and then all well, of a sudden as he gets back, thing. he's just like he's all shaky. He can barely function. I thought it was like some sort of space drugs to allow him to function on their home or whatever. Well, even just travel too in the spaceship. Like he took him to their planet. You think that would fucking be hard on your body, right? I mean, yeah, he was. Some, still, I think he was still experiencing like stuff from that light that he saw, like because that was still like messing with him. Like they were still because eventually when they would go to the hospital, like he would feel stuff. Like they was still being affected by that, that the exposure to that light, that illumination, like had had some physical effect on him of some sort. Um, well, it's lucky too because he. It's lucky that you know, in the woods, because it's not like they had cell phones back there then, but Carl had a CB radio. He did. So he starts going, like, unintelligible, like, rambling on the radio, like, begging for help. Mm -hmm. And to the point where it's like, they call his wife. 
uh, like some of his workers call his wife and they're like, "Hey, do you know where Carl is?" And they're he's she's like, "I don't know. I, I, he he's out hunting. He hasn't come back yet. Like I was a little worried, but I think he he was going elk hunting. He may have gotten elk." And they're like, "All right, we got someone on the CB radio. We think it's Carl, and he may need help." <laughs> Right? They're like, no one really knows where he is. Everyone's trying to figure out what's right. going on with this Cause, guy. Because like, Carl basically like, just keying a mic. Ah! Yeah, ah! yeah. Uh, it, it, Carl, you know, recalls being on this uh, on the CB, and he managed to get a hold of somebody. And they kind of, you know, they're asking him, you know, you know, who is this? Where are you? He didn't. He didn't even know his name. Like Carl said yeah. that he was in, in such a state that he couldn't even recall what his name was. Like he was, uh, he didn't know where he was. Um, he didn't know exactly what he was doing. Um, but he, you know, he managed to said that he, he marked a sign, um, you know, when they asked him where he was and it was like Northern border national forest, but they said that that didn't really help them at all because it's, it's like, a big well, fucking place. it's a big fucking forest. <laughs> like we don't know what national forest could be anything. Um, so, yeah, so, the, you know, they were concerned. It, it was it was later in the evening, you know, uh, Carl hadn't returned home or anything like that. And so... A, Mind a you, it's the, same, it's the same night. It's the same like, night. It's the same yeah. night, mm -hmm. right? So whatever time it was now, like he left... Um, There's still one thing... It's probably wanna, around midnight. I want to... Yeah, he got there about four is when he got there. I want to backtrack just a little bit to when he gets back. So he... Because the story claims that his truck was three to five miles away from where he parked it. Yeah. That's a long way to just not know where your truck could be if it's not where you parked it. So how, did he just like stumble down the road and it was he just got lucky or like because that part of the story was kind of like all right it was three three to five miles away from where I left it. How did you find it in three? You could have went any direction three to five miles. I See, I kind of thought. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, well, I think it's like maybe like after they after the fact, like he kind of said that was three to five miles. That's what I thought. I what I that's what I read too. I when I was looking at it, I thought he was plopped by his truck, right? And then when he figures out where he is, and later we know they have to retrieve the truck, he goes, "Well, this is not where I fucking parked my truck. <laughs> I parked it three to five miles." Over yonder. Yeah, but he still got <laughs> to his truck, which is three to five miles away, because that's where the CB radio nope. was. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm but saying that I he, think they he dropped, got dropped him near the truck. He dropped near the truck, oh. but wherever the truck was, the truck had already been moved. So in this, so right. they had moved his truck while he's aboard the spacecraft and they plopped him back, but they didn't put the truck back in the right spot. It, yeah, it would yeah. seem that way. Okay. <laughs> it would appear I, that I was, way. I was a little confused on where the truck how the truck right, got right. to so where it which, was. Which makes me think that whatever this like cube of like si the cube the cone of silence <laughs> that they put on him, right? If <laughs> the affected area may have included his truck, right? So like when he was brought back, like the truck just moves too. We'll get into that more later. But so like the sheriffs, a search party, search and rescue, they're going out to try to find Carl at this point. Like right. his they wife's like a rat. She's yeah, got a friend. And so they couldn't even, it took a while to find Carl. Like it, it took them a while. They didn't even kind of figure out exactly uh, where Carl was and his vehicle until just before midnight. Um, but where they found it, like absolutely astounded the officers because they found Higdon's two-wheel drive truck uh, bumper deep in a pretty much like a mud sinkhole in the center out in a, out in a forest ravine that there is no real 
There's no access. Like, practical way. Like there was no practical way that, 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 that was clear to them that the truck could have gotten here, but he could have driven this, his truck there. Invested, like people on the scene said it was as if the truck had just been dropped from the sky into this spot it was. Because like eventually when they recovered the truck later on, like some of the reports I read that they had to cut down trees and basically like make a path to get towing equipment in there. There was no wheeled access to where the, the truck was found. Yeah. yeah. goes the story. They had to, they had to go there by foot initially. <clears throat> like they had to go there by, they couldn't get there with wheeled vehicles. They had to, they had to get there by foot by exactly where Carl's truck was. Um, so, so once they got a hold of Carl, um, uh, Carl was taken to the closest hospital for evaluation, which was Carbon County Memorial Hospital in Rollins. Yeah, but and- hold on, hold on. There's a little bit more weird stuff I'd like to quickly get into. One sure. of the things his wife accounts is that like when they get him, like he is like a shell of himself. He like, he's, he's like not talking. He's just like staring up at the sky. They like put him in a vehicle. He's just like looking up through the windshield, like into the stars. And his wife like, is like, did, did you get an elk? And like, she, he doesn't know who she is. He doesn't know who anyone is. He, he doesn't know what's going on. And he's just like, they took, they took the elk. They took my elk. They took my elk. Like, that's all he can say. And he's just like looking up through the car and like, it freaks out his wife so much that like one of his buddies is like, hey, why don't I take Carl into my car right, and drive with him? And so she takes Carl and there's, she tells a story of that like, at some point they pull over for a second and the headlights like spook Carl and he just jumps out of the car and like starts freaking out and sheriff deputies actually pull their guns out on him, <laughs> like draw as if they're going to shoot him. And I was like, well, why, why are they, why do they have guns out on him in the first place? And like, they were going to shoot him in the back and he's like running around. And then she realizes that it's the headlights kind of freaking him out. She's like, turn off the headlights. They turn off the headlights and he just like goes back docile walks back into the car and sits down and then continues to go on about how they took his elk. They took my elk. They took my elk until he gets to the hospital. Right. right? Like total like shock, like not even himself, like ridiculous, like some sort of severe PTSD traumatic event obviously happened. But I guess if someone had well, it a- sounds more like a psychosis. Yeah. Or something like, or, and again, it's drug induced right psychosis. away. And that's funny you say that, Zell, because right away, the doctors, Dr. Taco, who was the examining physician at the hospital, thought, he's like, this guy's on fucking drugs. Dr. Taco. Dr. Tonko. Taco. Tonko. <laughs> no, no, it's Taco. Taco, in this, uh, in this circumstance, we'll go with Taco. Okay. No, I watched the video. It was Taco. I just like... <laughs> how sure I mean, are you? I, yeah, I read it. Dan, so I was like, I just read T O N G C O. So well, I mean, and they had quite the accent because I heard Doctor Taco, I uh, yeah. and <laughs> he went like, "This guy's high as fuck. Let's do a drug test." Drug test comes back negative. Negative. Right? But it, negative. No, no substance found. No space drugs because. No, like they they actually have to like send the blood panel away. They can test for alcohol and stuff like that, but if they want like a full drug panel, they have to send it away and get it to get any idea of what he's actually on. You can rule out a few like key drugs, but you can't rule out everything like that. Right. They're not, they're well, not we don't have we don't have everything at once. Is what you're saying? 
Right. Yeah. And they're not screening for space drugs. Space pills. No, the, the, yeah, these these drugs aren't even on the list of... You can't test for them. <laughs> yeah, how do you test for drugs you don't even know about? How do you <laughs> test for slow-mo? Right? You don't even well, know. The it. thing is, though, is you you'd imagine though that these drugs would elicit some type of fucking chemical response in your body, though, and they would be able to see, you know, dopamine levels, whatever spiked in your in your blood work. Because I think I, I don't know the if they tested for drugs specifically, but they did yeah. do blood work. Like they did blood work because they talked about how his at least maybe not within the first few hours, but while he was staying in the hospital for, I think he said about, he spent about three days in the hospital recovering. When they got his blood work back, there was enough, like enough kind of strangeness to be remarked on that they said like his his blood, his blood seemed to kind of be <clears throat> enriched with like a number of vitamins and minerals. They said it was kind of like, it was a bit, it was remarkable. It was something strange. It was just like something they could remark on. It was well, not something that's totally out he, of the ordinary. He had but it was severe- just that was weird. Prior to this incident, he had severe uh, kidney stones um, that very painful. He would have to pass, and he had—I I can't remember—scarring on his he had scarring on his lungs because yes. he had come in contact with tuberculosis when he was younger. Yeah, Ooh. and both of those afflictions, ailments. Se- yeah. ailments, were seemingly cured after this event. Right. I mean, like so. Like kidney stones, you pass them, yeah. they're gone. You're not going to see them. You don't, you don't heal from scarring on your lungs. That's not a thing. Like you don't get better from that. If you have scarring on your lungs, that's that's a lifelong aff- affliction that does not improve. Like that's that's just something you mitigate the symptoms of. I, I like. It. I'm not yeah. discounting the fact that maybe they could have you know spontaneously healed or something like that. But I feel like we had talked about a case where somebody they had. They had taken bad x-rays or something. And then somebody had like said, oh no, they healed the tuberculosis scars, but it was just like bad x-rays or something. I feel like we talked about could, that. Somewhere. I feel like that's this. Yeah, could be that's, an error. I don't know if, I don't, yeah, it might've been something like that. What I mean, is like, like, not ruling it out. But think about that though, right? Like it's this guy, he took those pills. They said they were food pills. All of a sudden his, his blood work's all been, his blood work is all hitting peak nutrients levels and he's healed. It's like, that's what those pills did. Yeah. They, especially if you're going to want to fuck, let's say, hey, we want to breed this guy. We want to study him. We want to fucking eat him. Whatever the fuck we want to do with him. We want to eat. We're going to make sure well, that he's, you know, you, yeah, that's, cream of the crop. That's an, interesting, that's an interesting point that you said, breed him. Uh, because if you remember, they said to him, like, listen, you're like, you're not, you're, you're not what we're looking for here. We're not what you're oh, looking for. he's fucking impotent? He's, he had a vasectomy. He's shooting blanks. He's shooting blanks. Right? So then, so part of me thinks that so they like, can they can fucking uh, they could travel to Earth, but they can't just reattach some dis- vast difference or whatever the fuck they are. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, their 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 surgical procedures are far less than us, but maybe there's recovery time, right? And that's not something they were willing to wait. So they go to Earth, they go to pick up they pick up a breeding male, right? And they're like, hey, come back to our planet <laughs> where we seemingly only have children. It's fucked up. Um, But anyway, like either way, he doesn't suit the purpose. So to me, I was kind of like, maybe they have hybrids or a hybridization program, right? And he he doesn't work. And he he seemingly thought that too. But he spends three days in hospitals. And one of the weird things for me is that like, he didn't really remember anything. He doesn't remember his wife. Uh, he's like flirting with his wife, being like, "Oh, you're good looking. Yeah, good looking you're a good girl. looking girl." Like, it does. and his daughter comes in, and the second he sees his daughter, everything clicks. 
he remembers everything. Every all his memories come flooding back to him in that instant. Like not about the encounter, but like he remembers who he is, where he is. It's it's like whatever this psychosis was, he kind of thought that maybe it was some sort of program to while his wife thought that maybe it was something to do with his daughter, and that was a trigger to get his brain back. Right. Here's oh I gotta go off on a tangent really quick. Yeah, tangents. Go ahead. Okay. So here's the weird thing, right? Like right away when he it almost seems like fucking asshole one here kind of has a little bit of respect for for the guy, right? Like he's he's been polite to him the whole time. He's showed him around the ship. He took him to his planet. He kind of like talked to him man to man. And it just, I feel like there's a little bit of respect there. And what my brain kind of goes to, he's like, he respects him. And what does he know about him supposedly right off the bat? Well, he knows he's a hunter. Maybe these guys are hunters. Mm. And maybe they're fucking kidnapping. Like you look at it, they're, they're, they're planets out of fish. Right, they're taking elk, which is something that you can hunt, and maybe they would hunt people too. Well, like the mo- like so most maybe that's what they're taking. Type of scenario, yeah. Well, and and they're trying to repopulate their fucking planet with game stuff to eat. I, that's a good point. I thought that too, but I thought it. I, I I had a different little thought. I thought because remember they're taking five elk, they're taking the fish, they're breeding, they're farmers, they're farming food. The pills so are the people. Are going to be slaves. The pills are people. <laughs> well, they oh. said the pills were made of the fish and the animals, <laughs> and soon humans. Okay, <laughs> we are the animals, and, Dan. We are the animals and DMT. Well, we're right. ani- we're probably animals to them, though, right? That's right. Sure. But we're it just animals. seems to me like when you saw, I th- I kind of thought that too. I was like, it seems to me like they're bringing enough because I'm like, what are you going? You're just going to pick up five. You're going to have to come back. And get more. Like if you got a population feed, your oceans are dry, your animals are dry. It would make sense that you're you're getting enough that you'd be like you can start breeding. You're breeding animals. So maybe this is uh, like a one-off thing. Maybe like, they have a way of accelerate like incubation for sure, right? They too, have some right? sort of time yeah. that we know they have some sort of technology that affects time. If you look at this case, so I was like maybe they can do something to speed up this process, but like maybe they're picking up like fish and elk from here and then some fucking Gleezorps and Glizops from another planet, <laughs> right? Who fucking knows? And they're just, they're just breeding this and, and same with the humans there. Like the humans there are like, they're like, they don't know it yet, but they're the food. Yeah. Right? I don't know. That's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, yeah. And so um, like, uh, Carl would also suffer from from other kind of like uh, afflictions while he was there, like we said before. Like he had like a severe light sensitivity for like the first day or two. Like they they said like the nurse like had to like turn off the lights and like put like a washcloth over his eyes because he kept saying like the light was hurting his eyes. Well, he had his his eye. He had that kind of like uh, that flash burn when he was on the ship, right? When he came down to their planet. Yeah, mm, and they right. said like they, it was enough to remark on that. They said like he had his his eyes were bloodshot like they were they were noticeably bloodshot um when they brought him in um and and like, and yeah. W- like yeah and watery the whole time like that was one of the things that i remember it was like like he his eyes were just almost like he was crying but he wasn't his eyes were just water, like they were damaged <laughs> um so after his like 3 day uh, you know, a three-day stint in the hospital recovering from from the whole event um it didn't really take long for a number of media outlets to kind of get a hold of the story. And, you know, he had a local, he had various local newspapers calling him for interviews. Um, like the, like the days after he had gotten out, like almost like the day he got out, like people were calling about it. Like, it, you know, the, the sheriffs had probably, um, 
already put the story out and all of this. Um, even the uh, Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, like APRO, was, was like the equivalent of MUFON or like proto-MUFON uh, back in the day, uh, was looking... Uh, towards him, like, like contacted him and like some investigators from the organization actually like got in touch with him, you know, talked to him about his, uh, uh, about his, his experience. Um, so like, and then like weeks later, uh, like November 2nd of 1974, um, APRO had their consultant and professor of psychology at the university of Wyoming, Dr. Everybody's favorite <gasps> regression Ooh. hypnotist. Dr. Leo Sprinkle. Dr. Sprinkle. <laughs> Dr. Sprinkle. Yeah, that's right. Dr. Sprinkle. Um, All right. Yeah, right. He passed yeah. away, right? Sprinkle's yeah, passed away. He did. Yeah. He did. All right. Um, this year? Or was it last year? Yeah. This last year. year. Last was year. This year? I think it was last year. Been the last year. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Dr. Leo Sprinkle, who had been on, you know, a number of countless cases, invested countless cases, um, you know, utilizing his, his experience and, um, you know, his expertise with, uh, regression hypnosis, which was the, uh, favored technique of the day. Oh, um, just about a year today, he passed away. Destiny to talk about him. <laughs> I just, yeah. I feel like we do talk about him like every time around this year. It's always like a Leo sprinkle. Yeah. Around November. Subconsciously comes yeah. up. Probably. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so Sprinkle would actually, he said that he spent over four hours with the Higdons, like the entire family, uh, you know, trying to, you know, get information out and, and trying to, um, you know, get a little bit more information about what, what Carl said, like he couldn't remember at the time. Um, on the first attempt of, of, you know, when he, um, uh, he performed hypnotic regression. Uh, Sprinkle reported that there weren't any really remarkable results. Like nothing really right, came out. You know, he performed the, the relaxation techniques. He got, well, he kind of gave, um, you know, he gave like a, Carl like a couple of relaxation techniques to kind of, you know, get him into the, you know, the hypnotic regression state, you know, that more, that conducive state of which you would be able to uh, re- more easily retrieve those memories that he either blocked out due to trauma or something like that. And then, um, but on the second attempt, uh, which was about two weeks later, he said that there were, the Carl would, was able to provide a bit more information about the encounter. And that's where you get um, some of the things that Higdon talked about that he figured uh, that he remembered that, that the reason that the, these human beings were brought to this alien world was for breeding. Like he got that, or he was, he, um, he, he remembers being under the impression that the aliens had harvested these primarily young humans, except for, I guess, the 50 year old guy that he saw yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, and were using them <laughs> in some type of propagation program. Uh, um, fuck. And so his, his theory, well, which was the not 50 year old, like that's the thing about men though. Men keep producing. Yeah. Or, Quite for a long time. time. Maybe this is like a virile fucking. Um, and and so that's that's a that's a reason why now he he remembers this. Um, this is the, a reason why Carl uh, feels that when they told him that he didn't suit their purpose was due to the fact that in 1965 he had undergone that vasectomy, so he Which wasn't you- able to fill that Breed. role yeah. of which it, they I guess it, they thought that he was going to take on after they picked him up. Out yeah. Of, Nowhere, it maybe makes me think that if he wasn't didn't have a vasectomy, we may have never seen or heard from Carl again. Yeah, he could have been he would taken have just forever. been a missing hunter, right? 
And then you think about that in that sense, missing hunter, you know, how many missing 411 cases of people going missing in National Park, missing hunters, people go in the woods and they don't come back. Part of me is I'm like, are these people getting All right, picked so up? we need to run across reference of people Berries, who have been, boulders, who people who have alien abduction experiences and, and have vasectomies <laughs> and which ones have been returned. Yeah, it's the, so, like... The, hey, listen, if I needed any more fucking encouragement to get a vasectomy now, you got go, it. getting it done, boys. <laughs> Donzo. Well, it's the fact that they would actually bring you back and not just like chuck you out the airlock or something. <laughs> like, well, they pretty much did though. They threw his ass down a cliff. <laughs> yeah, they just tossed him out. Yeah, they like, uh, fucking beat it, buddy. Now, uh, again, the weirdest thing to me in this one is like you're looking at it. I just wonder if they were like, this because there's a lot of I weird just wonder if they, like when they picked him up and the second one like showed up and was like, also, you fucking idiot. Yeah. You fucking yeah. idiot. Are you serious? Like, we went all the way over there to pick up somebody and you got this guy. You could have got anyone. You could have yeah. got anybody. Like, you didn't check. You didn't check at all. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you got, you got that? You didn't even use your drill, right? <laughs> fucking, you got him high on space. Fucking face, <laughs> space yeah. acid. Yeah. God damn you know, it. Well, I felt bad. <laughs> uh, it's it's an interesting case. The most interesting part to me is the truck seemingly just being dropped in the bog. And like, them yeah. being like, we don't know how, like, because we were kind of joking about a pre-show. It's like, you, the only real, like, if you're, if you're not going to count it, just dropping under the sky, like it's reported, like by the people who are there, then he dukes of hazarded, like just <laughs> yolo that it. thing. Sent well, it into looks the like those Duke boys got <laughs> themselves into a heap of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to fucking <laughs> freeze frame above the bog. <laughs> uh, but there was like, you know, other than the truck looking like a piece of shit, there was not enough damage to like, I thought the bumper and shit was missing. Was that was the bumper I, missing I didn't from that, that? That truck, yeah, was that truck, truck was truck? not great. Yeah, that truck was not. Yeah, that shit. truck was beat to shit. Yeah, but um, that was by all accounts before. I, and I think no, according what? to Carl, no. in his inter- like that interview that he did on that and that one uh, on that one YouTube video, he did um the, the like he didn't he say like there were no tracks or they said they couldn't find any tracks. They said there was no tire. There was there was no, no tire marks, but. The, like one of the ways they found him is they found like the a piece of the truck. Like they found the bumper and shit, and that's what brought them to the sure. log. Okay. Well, okay. So they found the bumper hanging somewhere. Like the bumper was so barely hanging on when uh, Ozzy one picked the truck up. Right. The bumper just fell off. Right. It wasn't enough. Hey, it was the zap straps were so brittle at that point they just fucking broke. Um, I don't know. It's it's uh it's an interesting case because. You know, when you listen to this guy talk, he doesn't he doesn't like he doesn't strike me as a bullshitter. The person who I do not like in this case, any interview with his wife, his wife his wife reads from her book that she wrote word for word. She doesn't recount her mm. from memory. She reads passages from the book that she wrote. Right. I'm gonna tell you right now. This is the most elaborate story I've ever heard. <laughs> To cover somebody's ass for wrecking the company truck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, just own up, buddy. It's all good. Like, he took the fucking, he took the company. Everybody knows you drive the company truck, you drive it like you stole it. Of course. Yeah. You take liberties, right? And oh, the yeah. poor bastard got stuck in the bog, roughed himself up a little bit, conked his head. It's either that or, actually, 
when he stopped to help those fucking guys fix their fix their truck, this is the seventies. They dosed his coffee and they got <laughs> oh. it high as fuck. Oh shit! I never even thought about hey, that. Like, that's the only other. It's there's three options, or it's real. <laughs> right? He. I never even thought about that. That he they potentially dosed oh, him. It's the other interesting thing too is is the fact that let's say he was dosed. One of the things that kind of stood out to me is he's an oil rigger, right? Yeah. What do they deal with? Drills. What did the alien have on his arm? A drill. For drill. Randomly. A fucking drill on his arm, right? Like, yeah. kind of seems like a fucking, it, it, a, you know, like he's... Fr from experience in that of like having... A drill on your arm? Yeah, a drill arm. Uh, no, just like, <laughs> like shroom trips and stuff. It's like, sometimes you do incorporate things that you're thinking about or have thought about that they'll come into play in, in that kind of hallucination. So... That's and when, how long before this did he get his vasectomy? That was, uh, that was almost ten, nine years. Oh, okay. Cause I was going to think maybe he's fucking have some second thoughts was a vasectomy too. So he's just, you know, he's imagining fresh. that he's getting rejected because he doesn't fucking. Well, no, yeah. it would have been a good yeah. thing. Cause he'd be like, I got to go back. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, wow. It's just, you know, I mean, it could have been a thing when he, into his yeah, fucking he was kind trip, of right? having regrets, but this is like, no, it's a good thing. Like trying to convince himself. It was a good thing. I mean, it's a choice, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's an interesting case when you look at it. Um, we want to know your thoughts. Crazy. Let us know your let us know your thoughts on social media. Uh, we're going to be posting tons of clips of this episode, so let us know in the clips what you think. Um, if you yourself we'll, has experienced space acid, make sure yeah. to let us know. <laughs> Get us a hit. Four days, <laughs> Jesus. God damn. Hell yeah, it's fun. All right, this week. Theory of the week, I think we're going back to a uh, five-star review, I believe. Woo! Um, easy way to get a uh, theory of the week. You don't have um, to send us stuff. You don't. You don't have, you to, don't. have to. I mean, it's always appreciated. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. hurt. No, it doesn't hurt. Don't, um, it doesn't hurt. You can't. Hey, I'm just waiting for somebody. To, hey, listen, you send us to fucking Turkey, theory of the year. <laughs> yeah, easy. Um, now, this easy way to get it, go Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify. Apple Podcasts is the best way to leave us a five-star review. Uh, and you can do a nice little write-up. Um, this week's five-star, or this week's year end of the week, is uh, Dave Lando Calrissian. Uh, he left us a new five-star review, and it says, fun way to pass the time. Just discovered you guys. Big fan. Keep up the good work. Nice and how easy. How did you not short read that? Like, how, did, how did you not read, like, read that like Billy D? Can't do a Billy D. Oh man, <laughs> gotta try. Hell yeah, I, I can't even think about it. How he talks? <laughs> like, how does he talk? How am I doing a Billy? How does Billy really D talk? Fucking cool. Oh, well, cool. that well, that's never. I'll never do that. Yeah, he can't nail that one. He's got Have some you voices, heard my but not voice? that one. I just think of Billy yeah. D screaming in the side like that. Anyways, if you're not supporting the show by now. You want early access to all the case files, ad-free, all the bonus stuff. You got to go to AlienTheorist.com. You got to hit the support tab. You got to choose Patreon or Supercast. Support your boys. Support your favorite show. We'd appreciate it. This week's new supporters, we got Angelica. Spaceman Spiff 21. That guy's taking space fucking acid for sure. Hondo. Just Jake and... Hopa Falopa goes up in their pledge. 
Thank you very much listen, for supporting the show. Listen, uh, we're guessing you noticed. We also noticed. That's not a lot of new donations for this episode. We're never going to get fucking hair if <laughs> we don't start getting some help here. All right? Look at us. Right? Hideous. 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 Right? You want to watch the live stream and see us with hair? Come on. Fuck, dig deep. It's the, the seasons of giving. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, help us with our Christmas miracle. Patreon.com slash Alien Theories Podcast. And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. <laughs> <laughs>